You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 117. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Today's episode is sponsored by Squarespace.com. To try out Squarespace for free for 14 days to see if you love it, go over to squarespace.com lively to get your free 14-day trial. And if you do wanna move forward, use the code lively at checkout to get 10% off of your service and save that money. At the end of the episode, I'll be speaking with blogger Nan Phillips of Simply Elegant Blog about her experience with Squarespace. Also, remember that Life with Intention online registration is now open and classes starting this Sunday, January 31st through March 4th. Registration itself is closing this Friday, January 29th, so go over to lifewithintentiononline.com to see what the class includes, what it's all about, and to register. I'm so excited to work with those who have already joined us so far and those who are going to continue to come in throughout the rest of this week. It is truly a life-changing experience for myself and almost 500 people that have gone through the class so far, and I can't wait to help you to find more clarity, peace, joy, and fulfillment in every area of your life. And again, for the Fireside Chat people, the Pleasure Fireside Chat about the five joyful and fulfilling pleasure practices that I've been using in my life to literally feel more joy and pleasure in my day-to-day activities is happening this Wednesday, January 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is a live fireside chat, and I hope you can join us. If you'd like to learn more, you can join us at lifewithintentiononline.com slash fireside chat. Today on the show, we are speaking with Monique Voles of ambitiouskitchen.com. Monique is our first Tuesday Lively Show guest, and I'm so excited to be sharing this really focused episode on a subject that I get asked about a lot. Given these guidelines of being gluten and dairy-free, what am I eating? Monique's blog is one of the go-to sites on the internet at ambitiouskitchen.com for me whenever I want to have comfort food that feels off limits because of the gluten-dairy-free lifestyle. She has recipes that help me to create things like chocolate chip banana bread or fudge, given those guidelines. And it's wonderful. The food tastes great. I still am eating in a nutritious and healthy, hormone-friendly way, but also it could be great for anyone else out there that doesn't necessarily have those restrictions whatsoever. These could be healthy baking swaps that we can incorporate in whatever amount we want whether it's large or small steps, whether it's all the time or just some of the time, these tips that Monique is sharing are going to help us to infuse more nutrition into the foods we love to eat already. When I asked Monique to come on the show, in addition, I asked her to think about things beyond the coconut because how many Pinterest posts and pins have we seen that include 101 ways to use the coconut in all of these healthful recipes? We all kind of know the coconut's healthy, but there's so much more to this type of healthy eating swaps that I wanted her to share on. So that's what we're discussing today. If you'd like to get the free principle after you listen so you don't have to take notes on everything she's sharing, you can go over to jesslively.com slash Monique Voles, V-O-L-Z, in order to get that free principle. So just listen, enjoy, and then grab the principle so when you go shopping, you have those resources at your fingertips. 
Let's go to the show. Monique, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to share you with the Lively Show listeners. So let's get started. Tell us how you got to where you are. So Ambitious Kitchen, which is my food blog, started in 2011. And before that, I was actually in college. I started it back in, oh my gosh, I think it was 2010. I had just graduated. I wanted to kind of share what I was creating with other people because I was always making, you know, healthier takes on comfort food and baking like protein brownies and things like that. Um, And I just wanted a place to kind of like share it all. So graduated from college, started Ambitious Kitchen, and I actually started working at General Mills at the same time. I was doing, you know, very involved with food, social media, marketing. I kind of ran social media for Pillsbury over there, also worked with Bisquick. And so that was my life for very much two years. You know, still worked on Ambitious Kitchen as much as I could, but really didn't give it the love and passion that it kind of deserved. And then finally, actually, it was only a year ago, I said, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And quit my full-time job, moved to Chicago, and started working on my blog full-time. And it was the best decision I ever made. So when it comes to making those healthy swaps, like you mentioned, your protein brownies you were making back in college, why were you so interested in making healthy swaps in those types of foods? I had actually, of course, gained the freshman 15, freshman 20 when um, I was in college. And so I started working out for the first time. And for me, really, it was learning about nutrition. I didn't have a clue of what I was doing. I mean, a lot of the times I was baking with sugar-free things, you know, eating sugar-free jello, just things that really weren't good for you, very processed. And I had to read a lot and teach myself how to cook and bake so that I could still enjoy the foods that I wanted, but making sure that I was taking care of my body. So for me, it was all, you know, it was all an adventure and kind of a journey. And I wanted to show other people how to do it, how to be able to be a great baker, be a good cook and still do it being healthy. And why did you choose the word ambitious to describe your kitchen? I think, you know, I was sitting there with my college roommate and we were going over names and she was like, you're so ambitious. We kind of landed on it. It was perfect. And as soon as we said ambitious kitchen, that kind of just made the most sense. I wanted to inspire people in and out of the kitchen. Obviously, you have inspired me because as someone who is now trying to do the gluten-free, dairy-free thing in order to hopefully regain my period, a la Elisa Vitti's hormone episode, I have been looking to find things that I can eat, especially already as a vegetarian. A lot of people ask me, Jess, what are you eating? Which is a great question. (laughs) So one of the things I love about your recipes and actually has brought me to you is the fact that you have made so many recipes I thought would be quote unquote off limits to me with those restrictions and focuses on gluten-free, dairy-free, largely animal-free recipes, I wouldn't be able to eat things like chocolate chip banana bread or fudge, cookie batter fudge, I think is the one I made. But you have shown me that it's possible. And that's why I've wanted to have you on today is to talk about those healthy cooking swaps we can make, whether or not someone is having any dietary restrictions, selections, diets, issues, tendencies, intolerances, whatever the case may be, or just someone who wants to cook, like you said, protein brownies instead of just regular brownies. I'd love for you to share things that we can do in the kitchen to start adding more healthful swaps that don't sacrifice flavor, but help us make more nutritionally balanced choices. 
Can you walk us through some of the things that we can do in order to be more mindful in the kitchen? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, right now is the perfect time, especially with January and everyone's trying to find a way to eat a little bit healthier. So I'd love to share my favorite swaps. So first off, something that is kind of really popular right now is spiralizing. I'm sure you've heard a lot of things about it. Spiralizing vegetables is a great way to, one, lower your carb intake, but also get a lot more nutrition than you would normally get with pasta. For me, I've been spiralizing a lot of butternut squash, turning it into noodles, making stir fries with it, placing it for spaghetti, having meatballs on that. And so I think doing that and investing in a spiralizer, you can buy one for $50 on Amazon. It's, it's just a great way um, to really get those vegetables in. So basically, swap out pasta for vegetables and use a spiralizer to make that happen? Yes. And you can also do it with fruit. I mean, you can spiralize an apple. And there's actually a really great book called Inspiralized. It's by my good friend Allie, and it has amazing recipes. Very easy. Awesome. What's next? Next is learning to bake more with grain-free flours. So a lot of people think that, you know, grain-free is a trend, gluten-free is a trend, and that's not true. Certainly, it's becoming more popular, but I think when you look at flowers like almond flour, coconut flour, or really any other nut flour out there, they do, compared to, you know, regular whole wheat flour or all-purpose flour, they provide more nutrition. You'll end up using less of them than you would with normal flour. You'll get more fiber, you get more protein. And it's really, really fun to bake with. And actually, when you do bake with them, you end up needing less sweeteners because the coconut flour and the almond flour are naturally more sweeter. So those are really great swaps. It can be a little bit difficult to try and bake with them because you can't sub them one for one with regular flour. But that being said, there are a lot of great recipes on Pinterest that are great to experiment with. What's your favorite recipes to cook with those alternative flours that you've made? Actually, this morning, I just made my coconut flour pancakes for my boyfriend and I, and I added blueberries in them, and they are so easy. I mean, literally, it's like five ingredients and fabulous and fluffy. So I make those a lot, and they're super filling. And then I make paleo chocolate chip cookies, and that's with almond butter and coconut flour. And we actually love those more sometimes than regular chocolate chip cookies because they're so doughy. They're delicious. So we will put all the recipes that we're going to mention today in these show notes. We'll have them linked up for you guys so you guys can start baking with these. That coconut pancakes sound amazing. They're so, they're addicting. <laughs> what are the five ingredients? We could probably give that one out. Yeah, I can tell you right now because I just made them. So it's one fourth cup of coconut flour, two eggs, two tablespoons of applesauce, or you can use mashed banana, a fourth a teaspoon of baking soda, and then a fourth a cup of almond milk, and then you can throw in some blueberries. And that's it. Easy. So we got spiralizing vegetables. We're using alternative flours. And basically you're saying don't just experiment at home necessarily if that's not your jam. Just find recipes that have those swaps already figured out for you. Yeah, that's a great way to start. Okay, what's next? Next is replacing dairy milk with almond or coconut milk. I think the benefit for these is that dairy milk, I mean, if you really want to get down to it, a lot of people have sensitivities to dairy and they don't realize it. It can cause a lot of stomach issues. I've seen it in myself. I see it in my boyfriend all the time when he eats things like cheese and has like a glass of milk. It's not a good situation. But I think almond milk and coconut milk, especially the store-bought versions, they have that calcium that you need that you would expect from regular dairy milk. 
They provide a lot of vitamin E. They're lower in calories, which is, you know, for some people that's important. For some people it isn't. But they're wonderful to bake and cook with. They add a lot of moisture to recipes. So that's a really simple, easy swap. Are you one of the people that looks out for the carrageenan in the coconut milk and the almond milk? Yes. And that's very important because carrageenan is just, it's an additive and it's not necessary. So if you do a little research on it, it's just not a good thing to have really in your body. But I know that Almond Breeze has recently gotten rid of their carrageenan and all their products. And I believe Silk also does not have carrageenan in their almond milk products. So just check the ingredient list on the milks at the store for that. Yes. So what next? 2016 is the year of pulses. And so pulses are things like chickpeas, lentils. Actually, it's really all sorts of beans. But really what they can do is you can substitute them for meat in recipes. So what I like to do is I like to make lentil sloppy joes once a week instead of regular sloppy joes. Um, You can make, you know, chickpea tacos, things like that. But by replacing these pulses, um, instead of meat, at least once a week, you're getting a lot more nutrition, you're getting the iron, you're getting fiber, and you're still getting a ton of protein. And so this is just a way to eat more, you know, things that are vegetarian, have that in your diet, have a good um, source of many different minerals and vitamins that you normally wouldn't get from meat alone. Awesome. What's next? Next is choosing cage-free organic omega-3 eggs over regular eggs. So this is really just something that you can do at the store. Just buy the, <laughs> buy the brown cage-free eggs, um, hopefully the ones that have more omega-3s in them than the regular conventional white eggs. And it's actually been proven that they're more nutritious, they're higher in vitamin A, E, and omega-3s, and they're actually lower in cholesterol and saturated fat. I've been doing this, you know, I like to really be cautious for what I'm cooking for my boyfriend because his family has already a history of high cholesterol and high blood pressure and things like that. You know, making the simple swap and just buying the eggs that are just a little bit more expensive, I think just makes a little bit of difference in his diet. So I'm happy to do that. Any reason why they're higher in omega-3s for those ones specifically? It's because the hens are fed, what they're fed has usually flax in it. And it's actually, then they produce an egg that has a higher omega-3. Oh, are they better treated in some ways too? The cage-free ones, yes. And so when they're able to kind of wander around and they're not stuck in a cage all day, they tend to be healthier, produce better eggs, higher in nutrition. So it's, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, I did not know they were just feeding them things and that's what created the better product. But I guess you are what you eat. So if you feed the chicken something better, so is the egg. What is next after eggs? Okay, so this is one of my favorites and I do this all the time at home. Make your favorite fast food or comfort food at home. So I think a lot of us, you know, we tend to kind of crave certain foods and we'll go out and we'll spend a bunch of money and, you know, say we really want a cheeseburger or we want a hamburger or things like that. The portion size at a restaurant, as we all know, is probably double than what we would normally eat on our own at home. And so one of my favorite things to do is create hamburgers or cheeseburgers at my own home by choosing what the ingredients are. So I'm buying lean turkey or lean beef instead of probably, I don't even know what they're using. It's probably like 50% fat or something. But, you know, I love buying the nutritious organic buns from Whole Foods or Trader Joe's you know, organic cheese, and then they like making homemade French fries. So not only are you getting an experience out of it, but you're actually making it a little bit healthier. And you can do this with like, you know, you can make chipotle burrito bowls at home. It's really, really simple. 
And again, it's like search Pinterest for Chipotle burrito bowls and you can absolutely find the recipe for it. So little switches like that is like it ends up making a difference in the long run. If you spend more time eating at home than going out to eat and controlling the food that you are intaking, you'll notice a difference. On that subject, I'm going to ask and see. This is kind of random, so I don't know what your answer will be. But what about for people that are on the go? I know I myself am usually so busy focusing on work or something else that I'm doing that cooking kind of takes a back seat for me. So if I am out in the world trying to grab food, do you have any healthy swaps there? I know this is kind of springing this on you since I didn't ask you to prepare that question, but do you have any suggestions? So for me, you know, if I'm out and I need to grab something, I always go for usually a salad. I want to make sure it's loaded with veggies and, you know, lean proteins, whatever that is. So it's either a lot of beans or a lot of chicken. And then I always get, you know, my dressing on the side because I know they tend to overdo it. So that's something that's like a really easy kind of thing to order and be able to make for yourself instead of having someone kind of do it for you. So I'll go to Panera sometimes and I'll get, you know, double the veggies or whatever they have and just make sure that they're not loading up on things that you don't necessarily need, like putting a soup in a bread bowl. You probably don't need the bread bowl. So what about beyond fast food at home? One of the things that I've kind of focused on, or I did focus on in 2015, was eliminating a lot of the sugar I was using in my recipes. So I used to bake a lot with regular granulated sugar, brown sugar, things like that. And I started baking more with maple syrup, honey, coconut sugar, coconut nectar. I love that I'm able to use less of those, but also, you know, get the nutritional value from some of these sweeteners. So for example, maple syrup has a lot of natural vitamins and minerals, and it's just better for you than the processed sugar. So I've been, you know, it's like choosing to buy sweeteners that you would use for baking that are kind of natural and unrefined. Yeah, I totally noticed that when I make your recipes, I'm feeling like, yes, I'm making chocolate chip banana bread. But knowing what goes into that, I'm kind of like, there's a ton of protein in here. There is those natural sweeteners. I kind of feel like I'm, even when I'm eating something decadent or, you know, kind of an indulgence, I'm not doing that much damage, if you will. I'm still eating really healthy, even when it doesn't seem or feel like I'm eating unhealthy. Yeah. And I think it's like, if you're going to choose something that's sweet, you know, choose a sugar that is going to at least give you a little something back, give your body a little bit of something back versus something that's been processed a thousand times and virtually has no nutritional value. So that's always my thought process. Do we have to go to Pinterest again to find those swaps or can we one for one or kind of somehow make our favorite mom's recipe with maple syrup instead of sugar? Yes. And I actually have a guide to eight natural unrefined sweeteners. And then I also wanted to note that, yeah, in a lot of the recipes, though, you can just decrease the sugar by half in most recipes, like for banana bread and cakes and things like that. And honestly, sometimes you don't even notice the difference because they're so overloaded with it. That's interesting. So just even using the same conventional sugars, but just decreasing the amounts and you won't notice? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what the recipe is, but a lot of times, you know, like a carrot cake or something, you can end up using about half of the sugar and still be fine because the carrots are sweet and you usually have pineapple in it and things like that. Okay, so what's beyond the sugars? Beyond the sugars is experiment with making your own granola bars, balls, and energy bites at home. 
So again, over the past year, I was eating a ton of energy bars, protein bars, because like you, I was always on the go. I was traveling a lot. And I just noticed that some of the bars that I was choosing just kind of sat in my stomach. Um, they, they didn't really make me feel good after a while. And it was like, oh my gosh, I can be creating these bars at home and little, literally freeze them and have them whenever I want, as long as I do it ahead of time. I encourage everyone to really take a look at the ingredients that are in some of the bars, you know, because a lot of times it's like, if the second ingredient or the first ingredient is brown rice syrup or sugar or things like that, it's like, that's not really necessary. And you can make five ingredient granola bars at home and freeze them and have them whenever you want them. It takes 10 minutes tops and it's much cheaper than purchasing them. Do you have any strategies for people that want to start creating their own recipes like you do? When you make these recipes that are so alternative friendly without the conventional products, how do you go about creating and knowing what will work with what? I mean, I think if you're just starting out, it's like look for a base recipe that is really, really simple. So I have a couple good ones. I know Dana of Minimalist Baker has a lot of really great granola bar recipes that use dates. And so if you find something like that, that's, it's you know, it's dates, peanut butter, oats, maybe maple syrup or something like that, then you can start adding things to those bars. So if you want to add almonds or cranberries or, you know, really make your own flavor combinations, start from there. Find a couple base recipes that you like and then build on that. That's easy. I can do that. So beyond the energy bars, what can we do? So one of my favorite snacks lately and what I love to tell people who always reach for candy bars at 3 p.m. is to make mini Greek yogurt bowls. And instead of always making them sweet, try a savory version. So I know Greek yogurt sounds really weird, but for some reason it pairs amazing with acorn squash and roasted butternut squash and a drizzle of maple syrup sounds odd. It's delicious and so filling and it tastes like it's almost like candy. So if you can start making like mini versions of those and have them already prepared in your fridge, it's an awesome snack or even a great breakfast. Really? Is it your favorite? Yeah, it's really been my favorite lately just because squash is in season. And so I've been roasting it ahead of time. And then all I do is I have the squash, put them in, you know, Tupperware and then scoop Greek yogurt on top. And then I'll do like some pecans, a drizzle of honey or maple syrup. And it's amazing. It sounds great. I wish you were just there to like cook me my meals. If only I could have a Monique in my kitchen. Okay, what is next? Next is to try and incorporate more veggies into every meal. It sounds simple, but unless you're really mindful about it, it's it can be hard to do because for breakfast, sometimes you're just having oatmeal. But I really encourage people to, if you're making eggs or if you do have the oatmeal, make a savory oatmeal, throw some veggies in it or nosh on some bell pepper on the side. If you're having eggs, put spinach or bell pepper in that. For breakfast, for lunch, have a salad, which is an easy way to get your veggies in. And then for dinner, really try to eat seasonally. So like I said, the squashes, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, they're a really great list online. So you know what's in season, so you know what to buy and just try to prepare it ahead of time. 
And I could see even taking all of these things you've just laid out and doing like one of these swaps a week would be an interesting experiment to start incorporating them slowly over time rather than trying to do all of them at once. Just like this week, I'm going to buy the eggs. And then next week, I'm going to make the granola bars, you know, just to start making these baby steps. And then you're used to making those types of granola bars and you're used to buying those eggs as your year goes on. Exactly. This goes back to even when I was first starting to learn about nutrition, you know, it's not like I did everything all at once. It was like over a year or two, I learned how, you know, swaps in my life made me feel better. You know, I was losing weight off the swaps that I had. And so I think it's just whatever works for you, make sure that it works in your life, but also try to be mindful of it. Okay. So do we have any more swaps or is that the full list? I have one more that I'd like to include. This one a lot of people actually don't know about, but so instead of cooking with olive oil, I would recommend cooking with avocado oil. It's supposed to be a trend this year. I don't really know about it. I actually just purchased it, but olive oil actually has a lower smoking point than avocado oil or something like coconut oil. So it's not actually the best to cook with. It starts giving off toxins at a certain temperature. So look for something like avocado or coconut oil to cook with. Yeah. And actually, now that we're speaking about the coconut, so I know I said these are ways to do things beyond the coconut, but is there any favorite things that the coconut can do that we should be talking about today? What can't the coconut do? (laughs) First of all, for those of us like myself who are not that into the nutrition thing, why is the coconut so big? It seems kind of like just a trend, but why is everyone so obsessed with the coconut? I think it's just because it's so versatile. I mean, yeah, I shave my legs with coconut oil. What? I didn't know you could do that. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I just keep a jar in the shower. You know, it's been proven that if you have coconut oil, you know, I think it's like a tablespoon a day. It's great for weight loss. It actually promotes it. You know, some people put it in their coffee. I'm not that gung-ho about it. I really like baking with it because you can swap it one for one with butter. And for someone that is mostly dairy-free, that's a great thing to do. And, you know, there's been a lot of scientific backing that it does have, you know, more health benefits than butter. So I think that's why people have been using it more. So I like it. I like the taste of it. I like the texture of it. And I like all the ways that I can use it including shaving my legs. (laughs) Have you ever done the oil pulling? No, I am not into that. Yeah, I've done that for a little while. That was like last year's trend on Pinterest. And I gave it a shot for for a while. I guess I'd probably have sparkling teeth if I had kept it up, but (laughs) it was an interesting experiment. I just can't imagine putting oil in my mouth and swishing it around. (laughs) It's just not my thing. Yeah, it's kind of hard to talk to people in the morning when you're doing it. It's interesting. I will say it's interesting and worth checking out if you're interested. Pinterest uh, search for coconut oil pulling and you'll find many, many sources exclaiming all of the wonderful benefits of it if you want to give it a shot. So Monique, tell us what doubts or resistance you're currently facing in your life right now. You know, for me, I think it's just thinking about what's next for myself. I think I've come to a crossroad in the whole blogging atmosphere where I'm not sure that where I see it going in the long run. Pinterest is oversaturated, blogging's becoming overly saturated. So I just am starting to think about what I want to do next. And I know that some of my passion lies in nutrition, especially with kids and young women. So 
we'll see. Um, that's just kind of, I'm just kind of like playing around with it, toying with the idea of going back to school. Don't really know. It's a lot of what ifs. Let's go into that. You think the blog world's oversaturated? Does that mean dead or what's your real thought on that? No, I think it's just, uh, you know, there's only so many ways that you can make a recipe. It's almost as though every recipe out there has already been made. And certainly there are new takes on things. But I think that it's very easy now to start a blog versus three or four years ago. It's easier to become more popular. So it's just hard to continue to build your traffic and build your site and your audience when it is so overly saturated. So you're looking for things beyond it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can have the blog forever, but I want to do things beyond just blogging. Awesome. And what would you tell someone who's just starting out on this journey? I think if you're just starting out on the blogging journey, just be true to who you are. Know where your passions are and don't try to be something you're not and don't do it just if you want to make money. You know, if you're passionate about making people healthier, inspiring them, do that and talk about that because people will resonate with somebody that's passionate about their intention. And then regarding nutrition, I think don't try to do everything all at once. You know, take it day by day. Don't be hard on yourself. Just try to be a little bit better than you were the day before. If that means your food choices or just you in general, I think it's hard nowadays to see, you know, what society says people should look like or what we should be eating or what's the next food trend. But just experiment and don't be hard on yourself just because you make a choice that wasn't the best. Monique, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me, Jess. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Monique, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If you would like to send Monique a message, you can do so over on Instagram at Ambitious Kitchen. And you can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at Jess C as in Coconut Lively. For show notes and the free principle for today's episode, hop over to JessLively.com slash Monique Voles, V-O-L-Z. Before I share who's coming up, This Thursday on the show, let's talk with Nan Phillips of Simply Elegant Blog about today's sponsor, Squarespace.com. Nan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a senior in college. I go to a small liberal arts school in Vermont. And then aside from my schoolwork, I also have a small lifestyle blog. It's called Simply Elegant. And I really just use it as a nice creative outlet and sort of way to mix up everything from my regular homework and classwork. It's a small blog. I really just focus on everything that's inspiring me at the moment. So it might be travel, fashion, desk planner I'm using for 2016, really a whole range. And it's just a sort of a fun, bright place for me to go other than my schoolwork and connect with a different group of people. How long have you been blogging? I've had my blog for two years. Oh, I'm so jealous that you got to be blogging two years of your college. That's fantastic. I did not get to do that when I was younger in college. There was blogging, I guess, but no one was really using it. So it was not what it is today. So I'm a little jealous that you get to share all of those bits and pieces of your college experience there. That's awesome. So why did you choose Squarespace? I've used Squarespace for a year. Originally, when I started my blog, I started on WordPress and I really struggled with it. And I was new to it all. So I was like, maybe this is just a really big learning curve. But for me, not knowing how to code, not knowing HTML, I really couldn't make a lot of the customized changes that I wanted to make and really make my blog feel like my own. 
And I just would always get so lost and always so frustrated. So then a friend of mine who is a comp sci major here where I go to college suggested that the new backend to use was Squarespace. So I quickly took their advice and switched over and I really haven't looked back. It's such a wonderful platform and it's really helped with my ease of not really having to stress about the behind the scenes work of my blog and just focus on my content. What's your favorite part of Squarespace? I think my favorite part is how easy it is to use and really how well designed it is. I really care about aesthetics and the fact that like I can clearly know exactly what I'm looking for, click on pages to write a new blog post, click on metrics to see how many people are viewing my blog. It's so straightforward and there's this great drag and drop anywhere. Like I can imagine what I want my blog to look like and I can just simply move things around to get it there instead of having to mess with all this code and figure out all these different symbols. It's so straightforward. So I know you're really passionate when it comes to giving advice to people that you know in person in your real life that are thinking about starting a blog. What's your advice for those people? The first thing I would say is to really consider what domain name you want to use and how you're going to get the domain name that you want. I think a lot of people will just quickly start with whatever they can get and think they can change it as they go. And that's just really not the best way to start. You really want to start with something that can grow with you. And I think why Squarespace is so great is the fact that they help you and set up your own custom domain name right from the start. So you don't need to go through a third-party hosting site. It takes all of that complicated nature out of it. And if I was to do it again, I would have done that from the start. And that way, really, Squarespace is helping to take out that extra step. And you can just decide you want to start a website, go on to Squarespace, and start it from day one without the complicated nature that might happen with other platforms. So for anyone who is excited to give Squarespace a try, as Nan has said, and give this a shot, you can get a free 14-day trial by going over to squarespace.com backslash lively. And then if you like it and you're into it and you've got the perfect site ready to go, you can actually move forward with it and get 10% off of your service by entering the code lively at checkout. Again, that's squarespace.com backslash lively. Enter the code lively at checkout and you'll get 10% off of your service. So Nan, where can people find you online? People can find me at simplyelegantblog.com and Simply Elegant blog on Instagram. Nan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. It was great. And now for a sneak peek. This Thursday on the show, we are having the one and only Pat Flynn of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. This will be Pat's second time on The Lively Show. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing the mindsets that he is teaching his children as they grow and develop based on his experience from getting laid off in his architecture job to then doing what he does today with the Smart Passive Income brand. It's a fascinating look at how entrepreneurialism and how creativity is affecting him and how he's passing that on to his children. So for anyone that has children or is interested in thinking about how they would like to raise their children to think outside the box, this will be a really interesting episode. In addition, we'll also be speaking about his brand new book, Will It Fly?, which is all about how to test your business ideas before you really invest a lot of time and money to make sure that there is a chance for financial success. This is great for anyone who's got an idea that's not really sure, they're kind of on the fence, should I try it or should I not? This will hopefully help you get some practices that you can start putting in place to start testing before you launch. Until then, may something wonderful happen to you today. 